0: Well, friends, it is Christmas time again here at Nutri Performing Arts Stories, and that can only mean one thing. Last year, I had the incredible honor and pleasure of interviewing someone who is, again, arguably one of the most important people in the history of the entertainment industry. As listeners of this podcast know and have heard almost every week, Suzanne Adams was the driving force. Behind the careers of all of the graduates of the Performing Arts Department at Nutreer during her time. Suzanne, as always, it is my great honor and pleasure for me to welcome you back to Nutreer Performing Arts Stories.
1: Thank you, Dwayne. But I must say that was miles over the top of an introduction. <laughs> it's just you know, ridiculous. I,
0: I, I understand that you feel that way, but I'm going to tell you that the listeners of this podcast may disagree with you there. So mm-hmm. so last year, we talked about your years as a new trier student and how you came to return as a teacher as well as the incredible influence over the department for a generation of actors writers directors producers etc obviously your interview generated a ton of positive feedback and the number one comment that i received was we want more we want more (laughs) mrs a so what i want to do today is to take our listeners into the classroom a bit more with you and i want to start that process by talking more about the specifics the the what the how and the why that you were so successful with us as students and a lot of that comes back to this very specific vision that you had when designing the curriculum for the theater workshop classes so tell me a little bit about your thoughts going into that process and how you essentially planned to evolve performers from year one to year four.
1: First of all, I was so incredibly lucky lucky to be at Nuture. I had uh, messed around doing a lot of different things. I was forty before I got to Nuture. Right. and one of the things that I had done was run a small pro- professional theater company. And when the actors would come to audition, I thought they they aren't getting it there they're talented, they're beautiful, they're everything, but they don't really know how to work. And because I had done a lot of theater classes and a lot of kind of bizarre things like the Grotowski exercises, uh, so that and uh, Frank Georgiana's repertory company and um, other classes and so on, and then directing this theater company and finding a... Group of actors that worked the same way I felt was the right way to work was very instructive. So when I came to New Trier as an English teacher, but they very quickly recognized their mistake. <laughs> and uh, Mr. <laughs> and, and Mr. McGee, doctor, you know, our principal at the time said, mm-hmm. would I teach one class in theater? Sure. Uh, well, I teach all of them yes would I work on designing the curriculum oh boy you know that was (laughs) exactly what I wanted to do and it was just a dream and so I started working at it and Nutria in its wonderful way gave me a professional growth grant so that I could read about a million books on theater and pick out the ones that I thought were most salient that spoke to what it's really about which is creating the life of another human spirit, and that is a very selfless thing, and that was what I was interested in finding in actors, those actors who could say, yes, I am so interested in life, so interested in everybody's life, that I can look at this one character, and I can find something in character that is also resonates in me and vice versa, I can uh, take the words and make them flesh. The you know the words became flesh and dwelled among us. It seems to me really to talk about actors. That's what they do. Right. Yeah. And and so how to do that starting, I didn't have a lot to do with the freshman theater workshop. We worked as on a department as a department on that one. But it did include a lot of exercises in being spontaneous, exercises in being open. It talks again in the greetings to the kids of, you know, all you need is an open-minded and eager heart. And I, I do think those are the main components of a young actor. So then going on from that... I I have to say that you did give me a little heads up that you were going to talk about curriculum. So I went up in the attic and I found.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, look at that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I can tell you that every every listener of this podcast, uh, it covets what is in your hands right now. That's the actual curriculums right there. You need to publish those at some point because I'm sure that that is gold to many people. So you have you have the documents in your hand, so we this is good for our conversation. <laughs> now that you've shown me that, I want to open those up and tear through them myself. But it does seem to be that there was a very well thought out and logical progression from that first year freshman theater workshop up to the fourth year that you were sort of that there was a there was a path, if you will, that you were intentionally pursuing to get us to that point that inhabiting another, uh, soul moment in 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 fourth year. So uh, it was that, uh, as you said, it, at some point you're sitting down with the other teachers and you're kind of going, here's where we're going to be. Here's where these kids are going to be senior year. And did you like work backwards? Did you work forwards? Did it come together? I mean, when you're putting that together, how did that process work for you and the other teachers?
1: The, putting it together was only the freshman year. After that, it came out of the professional growth grant really and um, just ideas that I' I'd jotted down over the years and then when I'd read something particular text, I'd think, oh yeah that that's it I want to I want to keep that idea but it did go from, the first stage we have things like stage geography, you know where where you stand? so you can be seen and how do you share a stage? And then even freshman year, that a big idea of mine, something I feel really strongly about, it, is that this is the most communal of the art forms. This one uses everything and everybody. It's not really a star system sort of thing. It's a giving and taking among members of a cast who are all setting aside egos in the service of the play. And so there was a lot of uh, theater games. Mr. Routenberg was especially wonderful at those uh, and Mr. Nick, too, that would uh, lead people to this kind of sharing of things. So freshman year, and there was a little little scene work, but n- not a whole lot. Sophomore year was called a memory year, and it worked on personal memories. Um, and then we did a memory play, with this Glass Menagerie, and theater history, which is the memory of theater itself and Dionysus Day. Right. And I look back at some of the Dionysus Day things and I thought, holy smokes, these kids were 50, Medea, Othello? No, yeah. What was she thinking?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure you could get away with that today.
1: I could not. But I'm
0: super glad we did at the time. I just say that. Now. I could
1: not get away with, I'd say, good 90% of the things that I did. Really, I, when I look at how book banning and uh, spying on teachers and wanting to know the uh, curriculum in advance. What are you going to do? Is this the day you teach the apostrophe? Well, what? Yeah. 15,
0: you
1: know, you, <laughs> no, <I'm, laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. Uh, so again, my feeling was that you weren't really kids. You were pre-middle-aged.
0: You treated us, yes, as performers you know and not as high school kids and i always appreciated that too i think everybody did
1: i hope to treat you as fellow explorers that we were both engaged in this and i expected a a year of wonder and discovery in each of the classes and i hope that you would too so we're in this adventure together by the time one is a teenager My feeling is that they've experienced the germs of all the big feelings. So jealousy, yeah, I think so. You know, do you have a sibling? (laughs) How has that been going? And uh, rage, uh, feeling alone, feeling lost, all the biggies. So to give somebody a scene like that and then to talk about emotion memory and to ask people... To bring a true emotion memory, they have their choice. There's some privacy involved. And then to have the rest of the class compassionate and supportive in whatever they bring, I th- I think was a big big deal in sophomore year. So memory.
0: And I get the sense that that is one of the things that has survived in New Trier Theater to this day. And that is that there is a tremendous amount of respect and compassion and a sense of camaraderie that exists within the students that are in the performing arts department. Because I actually, we were talking about this before the show, is that i just gotten the chance to go back to New Trier a couple of months ago and to to meet some of these students. And that's one of the things that I think has survived that's really cool. But I also remember that from our time is that a very important thing for all of you as teachers to impart to us was the importance of creating a space where we could explore and express and go through the journey that you are just talking about in a way that was safe and not judgmental and allowing us to grow as individuals as well as performers. So I thought that, that was neat. You, you just said several things that have just popped questions into my head, So I, and I, I don't want to zoom all over the place. But I want to go back a little bit because you mentioned that there is some basic stuff in freshman year and you're right. I remember actually that freshman year and senior year were the only two acting classes where we had actual textbooks. Where in sophomore and junior year, it was predominantly play readings that we were were doing. Um, and in freshman year, of course, that that was necessary because, as you said, we had to know the geography of the stage, and we had to know we had to understand. There's a certain amount of technical basics that you really do have to come to, and 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 we covered that but by senior year there was one text and i know you used this for several years and i'm and i it was wonderful i still literally have my copy here in my office today and that is respect for acting by uda hagen and that was the senior year textbook and you referred to that fairly regularly was there a particular reason that you chose that book and and why
1: Thank you for keeping it. I love that. (laughs) I I really, I think this is a wonderful book. When I was asked to start a theater and a performing arts school in Uganda, I sent most of my theater books over there to make a library because they didn't have one. And I sent Respect for Acting and then I went out and bought another copy because I really needed to have it still, even though I have not taught theater since. But the premise, respect for acting. I think the title itself tells you this is maybe a slightly unusual approach. It isn't going to be a looky me, I'm so great kind of theater. Uh, I'm going to be the biggest star the world has ever known. It's how do we go into this? How do we really do this? And she talks about so many things. She talks about masks. You know, if you if you need to have a mask so that you can't show your own self in a in a character, there's a problem. You know, it's very you very much need to show yourself. Some noted person said, "The problem isn't acting yourself on stage. The problem is not having a self enough self to act." So there's this whole invitation. Look at everything. Look at everything, the good stuff and the bad stuff. She has one thing where she talks about the apple. And she says, the whole apple is me. Not just the shiny red outside, but that kind of rotten part along the other side and and the core and the seeds. Well, all the apple is me. And that's wonderful because there's all that great raw material to draw on. You know, I'm very suspicious of safe places and trigger warnings emotion emotion memory is nothing but a bunch of trigger alerts right and to be able to to know yourself enough to use the bruised part and the core and the seeds is kind of the heart of it it's it, it makes it possible to do anything and be anything, which is one of the glories of theaters. And it, it, it's just, just a joy. Uh, and, and another big quote, it wasn't from UdaHagen, Hagen, but it was from a Roman actor. Nothing human can be foreign to me.
0: I remember that one yeah. <laughs>
1: goes along with what she's saying. You know, all the apple is me. Macbeth, you know, I don't want to be like that, but have I ever, wanted something so much that I'd been propriety or a a little bit or just a little bit, Um, some things that I'm not so proud of, if I've got just the core of that feeling, I can build on it. I think that it also makes one ready to be sympathetic with both sides of a horrible situation like we have in the Middle East. That
0: is Extraordinary. By the way, there were several moments in what you just said where I could literally hear my listeners across the future now writing some of that stuff down to, to make sure that they they caught it. But there is something to be said for you don't have to have experienced the specific of what's happening in this play at this moment to have an emotional place in your own soul that you can draw from. And I think that one of the things that you did so successfully was to help students that you were working with find what those parallels were so that they could apply them in the performance that they were working on. And you and we talked about this last year, but you selected those performances with great care and, and you talked about how you agonized over these selections and all that and, and of course we all just thought it was just we all thought it went from you know from god to mrs adams to to the to the classroom
1: <laughs> <You're> if <following> only <me. laughs> yeah
0: that's what we what we all thought but there was clearly a lot of work going on on your end as you're observing your students to manage their journeys And I want to ask you to talk a little bit about that. Were you doing that over a long period? Did you come into each year with each group of students in, for example, the senior class, which was your thing, and say, I'm going to, you know, in my head, I want to get these, this kid from here to here and this one from here to here. And these are kind of the roles and things that I think are going to help them explore those parts of them. Or was it more organic than that?
1: I I would say the latter, I After all, I I had no idea what went on over the summer. True, (laughs) They might not be the same people that I knew in the the spring. Uh, And also, I don't have any memory of ever laying a part on somebody in advance. It usually came out of what we were doing in class or what I was seeing
0: at the moment.
1: And what I was reading in the actors' journals, which were revelatory, of course,
0: And we covered that last year. You were reading, uh, by my guess, something on the order of like eight hundred pages worth of journals every week. Is that does that sound about right to you? Is that it was an awful that isn't it was when you mentioned that you were getting a lot of this from the journals? I hadn't thought about my acting journal in decades. And I suddenly realized that, oh, yeah, we did that every, you know, we did and you collected them and disappeared. And again, it was one of those things where we just assumed that you were some sort of time traveling superhero and that you were able to stop time for the six weeks necessary every weekend to catch up on all of us. And that Monday morning, you just had all this natural, infinite knowledge. But that must have been unbelievably difficult and time consuming for you to to get through.
1: It was time consuming, but it was fascinating and uh, uh, thrilling often and heartbreaking often and the uh, both the heartbreaking parts and the thrilling parts i would think do we need more of this or or does he need more of this does she uh, do we need to face something here or do we need to acknowledge something here? It was Maybe it has not been acknowledged, something really, really good. Uh, so I did draw from those and also from the lists of 10. Did, did we talk about those?
0: The list of 10, yes, of course. The 10 things you're like and 10 things you're not like. And right, and you keep so doing Until you come
1: that. to 100 things. Right. And by the time you're at about 80 or so, you're getting pretty personal. So it really wasn't... It wasn't a direct line, although I would have appreciated it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, as a somebody who's doing an interview for a podcast, I hate to interject myself into that. But when you were saying that, the thing that I was thinking was because I was thinking of the roles that you assigned me in that experience. And I'm thinking about my journals. I'm thinking, OK, what did I write that told her that this was the role that she was going to go with? me? And, and because the roles that you chose, what you were basically just saying there was that our experiences in the classroom and our experiences in the journal were leading you to make connections in your brain and that gigantic encyclopedic knowledge of 10,000 plays that was sitting in your head to make connections between those things that you were seeing and roles that you thought were going to help guide us as people. So, yes, for myself, I'm thinking, okay. so there was something that I was doing that was that was telling her that this was the right thing that, you know, for me to go do something that was important for me to do or something. So that that is that's fascinating. And I can see how that would be interesting for you to follow all of us. But I also assume that you had a particular end in mind. There was growth. There was something that you were hoping for. In each performance, for each of us, is that is that safe to say?
1: I am glad you said that. I'm glad you said all the things you said, of course. <laughs> but, but I'm I'm glad you said that because when I listened to last year's uh, podcasts w- and listening to myself, of course, is always a cringe-worthy experience. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, there was an emphasis, it seemed to me, on turning out professional actors and performers, and that's wonderful. Of course, I delight in that when that happens, because theater is what I have found most delightful. But that wasn't really the biggest aim. It wasn't so much to have people as professional actors as it was to have them alive to life, to to, uh, be as much as they could possibly be, to have Again, I'm getting biblical, but to have life and have it more abundantly, you know, to be everyone you are.
0: And that is something that I think is really important to come back to in that the overwhelming majority of students of yours in these years did not go on to be Hollywood superstars. A wildly disproportionate percentage of them compared to the rest of the population did, but the vast majority went on to do other things. And yet the life skills that we picked up in this particular performing arts class were incredibly broadly applicable to all of those things. And, you know, I think of the two interviews that I did last year that we we talked about, Mary Ryan and Diana Hasek, because we're talking more about business and how those skills translated into their business lives. And I think about my own life, whether it was politics or or business or whatever, anytime I was in front of others, or there's there's a million different roles, if you will, that I've had in life where those skills come back. And so I think what I just heard you say was as important as it was for us to inhabit another soul and to, you know, be performers, the larger issue there was growing good people. And I, and you were extraordinarily successful at that as well. So I assume then your your choice of roles for, for students was more based on what you were trying to get. Them through in their personal journeys as human beings, more than the next performance.
1: I I kind of think they go together. I the not the next performance of a play at Nutria with a three thousand person audience, but right performance in class with a compassionate and sharing audience. That that's a big deal. And three three performances of each play, each scene assignment. So some of them were assignments for encouragement, and some of them were assignments to stretch. I think we talked about that. Right. And, uh, theater isn't the only way to get more alive to life, it, but, it, but it is one way, and it's a kind of an obvious way. But however life is lived, if it's lived with passionate intensity, that's. I think that's a very good thing. I had an air conditioning guy come over, heat and air conditioning come last week. And he was telling me he just loved his job. He done a lot of other things. And now at 35, he found he really loved air conditioning and peating. And he loved to, to think about the system that goes into it all and the ducts that lead here and there and how to tweak it and make it work better, which in my old house was a very nice thing for him to have done. Uh, and I thought, well, that's it. You know, He is living a passionate, intense life. Yay.
0: The question, I guess, I would ask then is, what do you think you would say to, let's say you're a drama teacher, I want to help someone go on those kinds of journeys. I want to do that. How would you recommend that they do what you were doing? What do they need to do to do that?
1: Well, there are some wonderful books. You mentioned Uta Hoggins and, of course, Stanislavski's and mm-hmm. uh, Rizzo, an actor is an athlete of the heart and you know, books like that. Uh, total actor. Uh, those are very good. They're helpful. And I would certainly recommend that every drama teacher try to do this themselves. You know, act, try acting, see how hard it is. And again, respect for acting. It, it's hard. There's a, You were talking about Mary and business and the discipline of acting is a big thing too. People sometimes think of actors as being kind of undisciplined messes, but to actually do it and then do it the next night and the night after that, there's a tremendous amount of discipline involved. So uh so that's a good life skill. Since you had me go back and look at these these curricula, I thought, why, these are really these are really good. And uh
0: <laughs> Yes, they are, but I'll just go ahead and say that. yes, obviously.
1: <laughs> so so I thought, well, maybe I will pull them together and make them into a book. Oh, and the other funny thing when again when I was going to Africa to start this school I thought well what will I call my this whole program I I was going to be giving seminars and performances and all kinds of things in every place from a university theater department to a village school where they scratch the lessons in the dirt with a stick so what was I going to do that would be a title that would pull everything together. And I pulled the words from E.M. Forster's Howard's End, only connect, live in fragments no longer. So I wanted to make a connection with the young Ugandan people. I wanted them to be able to connect with their own past and use it and create their own plays, not feel they had to just borrow English plays all the time, make their own. So a lot of the exercises were aimed that way, but only connect. And it was funny because a a lot of people came to the lectures because they thought it was going to be about getting electricity. (laughs) So, (laughs) but but, uh, (laughs) then I was reading Rain's wonderful book, Soul Boom.
0: Oh, Soul Boom. Yes. Talked about that. The first episode of the season this year.
1: And then here it is, what he votes only connect. I thought, holy smokes!
0: <laughs> that is, I, you know, it's funny because the marketing side of my brain and the side that has always uh, had such respect and admiration for you and and your work immediately thought, what should we call it? Well, duh, you call it the Adams Method. Please give me a break. But <laughs> but as you were but as you were speaking, and you gave me that that answer. The the other part of my brain that thought about no, what's the real thing? and as you were speaking it occurred to me that that's what it would be called it would be called connections mm-hmm. that's the name and you know it's and it's about establishing connections because that is the essence of what we've been talking about in this part of the show here is that that's what that's what we're doing we're establishing connections right interesting yeah. so, all right well that's the name of your book you can just you can go write that now <laughs> and, and the rest of us will immediately uh go go grab that so we are talking with Suzanne Adams and we are having so much fun that we're going to take a break now and we will be right back. Of course, when I say that we'll be right back, I mean that we'll be back next Monday for a very special Christmas Day edition of Neutria Performing Art Stories. When Suzanne and I will talk about things like casting and play choices, But we'll do most of that while discussing a part of the Nutria performing Arts Department that I have been dying to talk about since day one. The forensics team. Until then, Nutria performing Arts Stories is a copyrighted production of Narratives, LLC. It is written, directed, produced, and edited with great care by yours truly, Dwayne Burkhardt. If you have comments or suggestions, please email info at nutriorpadstories.com. And again, please join us on Christmas Day for part two of my now annual holiday special with the one and only Suzanne Adams. Thanks for listening. Please hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time.